0: Revely, revely, dogs! Look at us now, tip to tip. This
1: is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke
0: Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat.
1: Buggery, buggery, folks! Yes, it is time for Morning Combat, Friday, November sixth, twenty twenty. Yes, it's your boy, the BBC, the big beige one, Brian Campbell of CBS Sports coming at you and you see that that well-dressed muscular man fresh from his front yard next to me he is my co-host he's an employee of CBS Sports and let me give him the same generous introduction that he gave me this week on the powerful JRE pod this is my (laughs) co-host
0: that's a good zing that's a good zing. That's a good zing. You know what? I, I have to say, BC, you're right about that. I really, uh, after it was over, you know, I was just trying to re, like, regroup in my head. Like, what did I say? What did I not say? Blah blah blah. And I was like, I don't think I plugged anything a whole lot. I didn't. I didn't. In fairness, I didn't plug my own YouTube page. I didn't plug. <laughs> I didn't plug my employers. <laughs> I mentioned Morning Combat, and I made an allusion to you. I could have done a better job at plugging things. So sorry about that. But I do love it.
1: Hopefully you plug Joe enough where he wants you back. And then you can come full on MK merch coming out of your ear hole. But Luke. Uh,
0: Actually, hold on. uh, Because I didn't plug that much. I don't know if you noticed this. If you look in the uh, description box of the video, uh, whoever uploads those, Jamie, his producer, actually tagged my channel and tagged this channel in the description box. So shouts to Jamie for doing that.
1: Shout-outs to everybody, uh, Luke. It's Friday. It's our fun show. We preview the weekend. We got that nice orange font right there. That's very uh, accosting. And uh, Jay's back this week. I'm not going to bring the man on, yes, but he's fresh no. off no, his no talking close-up. yet,
0: Jay. No talking yet.
1: Wait, Jay. Wait, hold on, real quick, Jay. Oh. Jay, did you buy a a microphone guard? What are you? What the hell? Are you? What are you in the sound studio, Jay? What, what is that? Uh, it's I already, called a pop filter. <laughs> yes brian uh, us professional folks who uh do this sort of thing for a living uh you have yeah. one it's it's the foamy thing on your microphone right. right there, there it's the, the same ratings.
0: thing
1: but but different uh, pot filter wow jay getting a head start on that new jersey legalization there uh, congratulations there jay thank you for thank you your i'm in new york by the way i'm in new all york right, all right you bc can,
0: can i tell you how excited go away, Jay. can i tell you how excited <laughs> i am for New Jersey legalizing marijuana when we get back to the Jersey City studios. That is going to make my train ride up and back yes. so much better.
1: You're going to be all lit up again, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I uh, can't great. wait. Uh, room service diaries are going to be a lot more fun as well. So shout out to that. Shout out to our fans and listeners. Please like the video, subscribe to the podcast, uh, whether this is deep in your ear hole or you're face to face with us at the moment. Uh, And as well, look, you see Luke Thomas uh, really modeling that fine black hoodie, hoodless, excuse me, sweatshirt. And uh, you can find that and much more when you're talking about MK Merch. Here's where I want you to go, store.show.com. Uh, a lot of people in our family are repping this. We we see them on Wednesdays when we when we show the fan submissions. Uh, shout out to Bill and Jen of Bill and Jen's RV Adventure on uh, Instagram. They're wearing this shit all over the country, so shout out to them as well. Also, 30-day free trial on Showtime. Go to Showtime.com. Look, you'll get the boxing. You'll get the documentaries. You'll get all that stuff. It's 30 days. You can see if you like this, or you can go out out in your backyard. All right? pound some of that shit all right we don't care whatever you got to do right there Luke I'm not gonna F around because people they want us to get right right into it right they want us to just they want us to dive right in do you have any uh anything you want to add before we go Luke
0: excited for the weekend excited for today's show I like mixing it up where you get to host the Friday program we were balls tired last week and people were commenting on that but I think we're fully caffeinated and ready to go today so let's rock
1: yeah, absolutely. And shout out to your live chat on Thursday. The the lovely uh, Luke Jr. came on, and, uh, and it was a cute moment, Luke. It was a very heartfelt moment, okay?
0: She's learning the words owls and apples. I'm very she's excited fantastic. She's fantastic. She's fantastic.
1: She's probably number two on the uh, family MK power rankings behind Reggie Jackson the Cat. So, a big fan <laughs> of, of the little one right there. Let's get into our topics for the day. As we look ahead, we'll look back. All that and then some tall, pale, and handsome BC staring the ship. And Luke, we start out Saturday night. It's US. FC Fight Night, Las Vegas from the Apex Center. And we got a really good light heavyweight matchup in the main event that nobody's talking about. It's Maheta Tiago Santos taking on former title contender challenger and a guy who's really uh, brought himself back at 40. It's Glover Teixeira. This will be on ESPN2 and the Plus simulcast. But Luke, we talked about this a bit on Wednesday with the announcement from Dana White that Adesanya Blahowitz is next in that title picture. What do we do with this fight? Is this, is this still, hey, maybe it's, maybe it's one more step to the top. How are you gauging your interest level for this, knowing that the winner, even if it's spectacular, probably not going to get that instant reward?
0: You know, I, um, I mean, I'm sort of looking at it as two ways. It's a little bit of a redemption story, frankly, for either guy. So, in different ways, obviously. It should be noted, this fight they tried to make in September of this year, and COVID knocked it out. They tried to make, or there was an injury one way or the other. They tried to make it in, uh, let's see, no, excuse me, September, then October, and now in November, it looks like it's finally going to go through. Knock on wood, I guess we'll see. But, you know, something they've been trying to do here for a while. But the reason why I say it's a bit of a redemption story is, I think after Glover had lost to John Jones and then lost to... Remember, he lost to Gustafson, and he lost to Rumble, and he lost um, to the latter two by stoppage, and especially to the Rumble one. It was really bad. You know, he had some rough runs along the way, but those are the only guys he's lost to, uh, except Corey Anderson, who I guess he got out-wrestled by, but he's not there anymore. Anyway, you know, after all of these fights where he's kind of up, he's kind of down, he beat Cannoneer, but he was bigger, and blah, 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 you know, you kind of left, uh, not, you didn't think you sucked any or something, but you kind of left the proverbial you, Teixeira for dead on the side of the road. Well, I mean, hello everyone. Let's wake up to the reality that we're facing. He has wins consecutively over Carl Roberson, which he won via stoppage. He stopped Ion Kute Laba. He had a split decision over Krilov, but he won. Uh, and then he beat Anthony Smith. He stopped him in the fifth round. If he wins this, it'll be a five fight win streak for Glover Teixeira at 41. Be, at, at 41. Luke. And then the last two of those wins would be over guys who were also in title fights. With John Jones. And the case of Thiago Santos took a card from him. I gotta tell you, that is one of the best, sort of slow moving out of nowhere, but yet, you know, it took a long time to get here. Redemption stories certainly be uh, just not in just the light heavyweight division, but in all of the UFC. So I love that angle. And then the other angle for Thiago Santos, it doesn't take a genius to recognize the guy has been out for well over a year, July of 2019, I think it was where he had, you know, devastating injuries in that John Jones fight and then fought his heart out. So you're asking like what are the stakes involved? I mean, I guess if they're going to give Adesanya the Blahovic fight, this is number 1 contender after that or something or the winner of this will be like the Michael Chandler and it'll be on a fill-in basis or something. Yeah, it's I'll tell you what, great. bro.
1: If Adesanya wins against Blahowicz, you got John Jones in the bullpen. So the winner of this fight on Saturday could be out for a while from the standpoint of cashing in that lottery ticket. It is okay, what it is, Okay, but if Luke. they
0: do that, I think if they do that, they'll make an interim title or something. They cannot deny. You're in a five-fight win streak at light heavyweight. That's not – I mean, how many times have guys had five-fight win streaks at light heavyweight, Period much less you know, at 41 years of age. Last thing I'll say on Tiago Santos, I'm going to pitch you back to you there, B.C., I'm sorry, is just that you know, the redemption story here is pretty incredible, but we don't really know what we're going to get, B.C., because it wasn't just time off. He injured both of his knees and had to get all kinds of reconstructive surgery to get back to this point. Is he back where he was? Is he better than ever? I guess we're going to see, but I like the story of the fight. I just have no idea what it means in terms of actual title implications.
1: Yeah, I certainly like the sneaky potential for action, the way the styles clash. I mean, look, this is a stud matchup considering as you mentioned that Glover has uh has you know refurbished himself and uh you know look they talked a lot on the on, oddly enough on the Bellator broadcast on Thursday night where Achilles Smota, who we'll get into when we re- recap Bellator 251 had a good showing there before losing and Mike Goldberg saying look you know he's one of those guys in Glover to share his camp there and in, in uh Danbury Connecticut who's really pushing him and he's got all these young guys and he's leading this this team and he's found a way to get back to the top and, and be aggressive and strong and young again. And that's a fun story. But to me, it's all about Tiago Santos. Cause it's not just, can he come back from those devastating injuries? Oh, and oh, by the way, he just had COVID, which pushed this back a while. But Luke, it's the fact that he comes into this fresh off, like the mountaintop moment of his career. Yes. He lost to John Jones, but a lot of us scored it against John Jones in that fight. This was an incredible showing from Tiago Santos, not just to prove that, Skills-wise, he's on the title level that he could make a case by the end of five rounds that he had beaten Jones. But, Luke, you remember that fight. He did it with his—he couldn't even stand. And yet he gave the great John Jones enough pause with some really hard counter shots that John pretty much had to kind of point fight him. John wasn't trying to take him down. John wasn't trying to finish him for the most part as that fight went on. He was trying to just leg kick and hopefully collapse him. Maheta kept getting up, Luke. So, what's interesting here is you want to see, can he bounce back and be that same guy? If he can't, Luke, he's 36. Like, the window might be closed. He may have had his cup of coffee, his close-up at the top level, and come that short of, of really fulfilling himself in a career that you know wasn't just a few years ago luke you can agree we looked at tiago santos as kind of a journeyman who didn't really know what division was right for him what he has done in short time both in the cage and to be honest outside of it shout out to him and yana kunitskaya if you know where i'm going Luke. it's friday i get to run the show and be weird um this has been one heck of a run do we have history though luke of people coming back at this age From this devastating of an injury and being the same guy fresh off the biggest fight? I mean, there are a lot of questions from Tiago that need answered.
0: Uh, First of all, you're weird whether I'm hosting the show or you are. Let's just be very, very fair and clear about that. I got to be honest. A lot of times folks want to look at injuries with guys in UFC. I mean, you ask how old Glover Teixeira is because it's worth sort of pointing out here. He's not a spring chicken. uh, Not Glover Teixeira. Excuse me, uh, Tiago Santos. He's not a spring chicken either. Uh, he's 36 years of age. Now, he's obviously a phenomenal athlete, and I don't know how much miles he's had on him total. I think there's sort of certainly an open question about it. But I'm very skeptical that you can be the same guy back, or at least the same guy back right away. I mean, it takes some time to really you know, work yourself into it. You, we saw what uh, Shogun Hua had a lot of injuries coming out of Pride into UFC and surgeries and rehab. and he took several fights you know, before he was himself again. And so... I'm sort of expecting that, but I guess you know modern medical science and rehabilitation maybe should give us a bit of a different consideration around that. I saw him at UFC DC; he you was know, walking around. He looked to be in good shape. He was with Yana Kunitskaya. Uh, he wasn't working out or anything, but you know he didn't look like he had um, a lot of mobility issues whatsoever. So that's not the same as fighting, obviously. But I'm just saying, you know, from what the eye test can tell, and that was almost a year ago. So I guess we're gonna have to see. If, you know, in any other sport. It's particularly if like you were like a running back in the NFL, if you had the injuries that he had and the surgeries that he had, it's almost certain at age 36 your career would be over. You would not be performing the way you needed to to hold a, certainly a, a starting position, much less you know uh, anything else. So I, I don't want to bury the guy because I can't declare to you that's the case. I would just encourage folks, let's see what he's got beforehand because the the rational perspective here is that Uh, As much as we might like him and as much as we want to might want to Alex Smith, you know, heroize his return to the cage, uh, you know, that's a big, big hill to climb. I am, you know, I'm skeptical he could be exactly what he was, but what he was was maybe, you know, second, third best light light heavyweight on the planet. So that's still a a pretty good place to be.
1: What he was was a vicious knockout strike of those last few fights when he put it together. And look, he showed a next-level toughness against John in that fight. You know, maybe if anybody can do it in terms of getting back on track to a certain level, it might be him, but let's not forget, Luke, if he wins this, whether he gets a title shot next or three fights from now, he does own a knockout of Jan Blahowitz in his last victory, so that could certainly... You know, there's some interesting storylines there you'd love. You'd love to see him against Dominic Reyes. So some fun business to be had, even if the title picture has that potential to be locked up there as we move forward. Uh, Luke, there is some breaking news on Canelo we'll get into uh, in a second after this. But uh, as you look up and down this card, what else do you care about? Is there anything else in here you care about? Not the strongest card. Who's jumping out at you?
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I don't know if it was this card or the one next week, but uh, John Cavanaugh, who is, of course, the coach, of uh, Conor McGregor and a bunch of people at SBG. He's a very talented coach, but he was out there killing, every uh, killing. Uh, who was it, uh, Zane Simon on Bloody Elbow for being like, yeah, I'm taking this weekend off. I'm not going to work. And he was like, you know, fighters, pay attention to this, you know, because uh, media who didn't want to pay attention to you when nobody cared, they'll be coming after you when you've, you know, elevated your career and blah, 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 which, you know, is a very silly argument. First of all, the idea that, like, all cards are – I've seen fight fans be like, if you're a real fight fan – You like every card, which is like the actual opposite of the truth. If you're a real fight fan, you have a wider appetite maybe for it than most, but you should also have something known as a fight palette where you can discern good from bad. I mean, imagine being like, I'm a music fan, or even just pick a genre. I'm a hip-hop fan. I listen to all forms of hip-hop, really, including Insane, Clown Posse, and other dog shit. That's what you do. If that's what you're telling us, you're telling us you just have no ability, ability to discern good from bad. You're not a fan. You're just a vacuum. So, I mean, this sort of idea that, like, you can't take cards off or, like, everyone is worth all of your attention. Totally ridiculous. So, with that being said, there still are some interesting fights on this card. Tanner Bosser has come out of nowhere facing Andre Orlovsky. It's your co-main event. I don't know what to make of Andre at this late stage. Certainly not what he once was, but he doesn't want to go away quietly. And I think it's worth sort of seeing exactly what Tanner Bosser can do. Claudia Gadelia taking on Xiao Nan Yang. I'm sure I am mispronouncing her name, but it's look. That's Chinese. a great
1: fight. That's a great ass fight right there, bro. Dude, you,
0: you, you, I'm gonna say Yan. I don't know how to pronounce it, but Yan is an absolute dynamo. She's 12 and one. She's one of these Chinese fighters coming up who is really giving people a lot of problems. She has wins over Angela Hill and Karolina Um, She is an absolute dynamo. So that's worth paying attention to. There's a couple other ones up and down, but those are the ones I've got my eyes on. What about you? And
1: look, Claudia has won four of five and is trying to reinvent herself, Luke, in her early 30s there in, uh, in Mark Henry's camp in New Jersey, trying to mix more than just being uh, wrestling heavy. So, this is a very interesting fight for sort of future title placement there in that all killer, no filler, strawweight division that we love. Good God, it's 2020, and Andre Orlovsky's still in co main events, Luke. It's just.
0: He's got you know, 19 losses. 29 wins, 19 losses.
1: I will say a sneaky good middleweight bout on that main card between Ian Heinish and Brendan Allen. Does that tickle you at all? I, I'm still waiting for Heinish to figure out how to be a thing, Luke, because that backstory is it's, it's tremendous. It's it's lightning Lee Murray style.
0: It is. Although here's the problem for him Brendan Allen is like I mean, he is getting he's not just getting better fight over fight. He looks to me like he could be somebody that folks are gonna need to reckon with here pretty soon. Coming into the UFC, he has wins over Kevin Holland, Tom Breeze, and Kyle Dawkus, another top contender who's also going to be a force to be reckoned with as time goes on. And that Kyle Dawkus fight, he had to really earn it. But against Breeze and Kevin Holland, it was not especially close. Um, he does have three losses, but they were at a different uh, spot in his career. He looks to be the genuine article. So, like, first of all, I don't even know what the odds are. Let's see, what do the odds have it for this contest? Yeah, they've got it as a bit of a pick Uh, They've got it as a pick him. I honestly would favor Allen to win. Heinisch has, I think, a better motor, probably a better pure wrestling. It might be a better athlete. But Brandon Allen just has this ability to command the space. Very well-rounded. A lot of different gears he can go to. And that adaptability, BC, it serves him really well in fights where, you know, sometimes he has to lean on one skill set or the other. Like against Kevin Holland, maybe don't strike that guy too much. Kyle Dawkins, you know, lean on some of that well-rounded scrambling ability. And uh, that's a tough fight for for Ian Hines, a tough fight for Brandon Allen, too. But that one is a great one to pay attention to as well.
1: Yeah, it's a very good fight. I can't wait to see that. Allen has impressed me a ton. Uh, Luke, we got to get into some breaking news. This was not planned. This was not on our rundown. But on Instagram, Canelo Alvarez, of course, the Mexican superstar, number one pound for pound on my boxing list, middleweight champion, secondary title at 168. You know him. He's the biggest star in the sport. His trainer and co-manager, Eddie Reynoso, has put out a statement on Instagram, and I'm going to read it, Luke. The headline is Canelo Alvarez free agent. Quote, in my role as manager and coach of Canelo, I allow myself to communicate to the boxing community and to all our fans that starting today, November 6th, Canelo becomes a free agent. So we are ready to continue with his boxing career. All this time, we've been working very hard in the gym with a lot of responsibility and discipline to be in great physical shape and ready to fight this year. And it will be! Exclamation point. Eddie closed by saying, we will announce the date, the rival, and the place very soon, and we will return stronger than ever to keep growing and showing that Mexican boxing is the best. Luke, this Whoa. is massive news. Now, let's frame it. Canelo Alvarez has a lawsuit out at the moment in court in California against Golden Boy Promotions, Oscar De La Hoya, and DeZone for many reasons, mostly not following through on DAZN's end on the guarantee of $35 million. Per fight for his current contract and also a lot of backroom stuff on, on how golden boy promotions has, has cared for him both financially and personally. Luke, we don't know the legal side yet. We haven't seen a response yet from Oscar de la Hoya and golden boy on whether Canelo and Eddie Reynoso can claim this, but as it pertains, Luke, if this is true in the boxing landscape where we know there's politics, there's segregation, the best don't always fight the best. Good God, how big of a story is it for you if Canelo Alvarez can pick and choose who he wants to fight, where, on what network, and all that, starting right now?
0: I mean, that is an amazing revelation. So I have two different responses. One, I can't help but feel like this is when um, St. Pierre declared he was a free agent. Remember that? And I was like, no, you're not. But he ended up getting, I think it was the Bisping fight, in short order after that. So, One real play here is that this is Canelo doing something to force DAZN's hand to give him something that he wants. In other words, he would not be leaving DAZN, but he would be cracking the whip on them in some kind of way to force a resolution so that whatever is happening with the lawsuit or whatever, he can just come to some kind of place where he's advantaged and given whatever he is looking for. The specifics of that, obviously, hard to tell. That's one read on this. The other read is that they're actually right and that he has freed himself from the contract? I mean, let's just call it what it is, BC. We know that the guy who uh, runs Showtime Sports, Stephen Espinosa, on the record has said, you know, to the extent that Canelo were ever a free agent, I know Showtime would want him. I don't know what kind of relationship Canelo has with top rank, but when you're Canelo, everyone wants to have a good relationship with you, and I imagine Bob Arum would want his services, and it would go on and on, and, and, and just from there... Everyone who, anybody who knows anything about boxing or is in the boxing business, if Canelo were a free agent, would want to do business with him because, as you mentioned, he is the pound-for-pound best. He's arguably the biggest star. Even on pay-per-view in this climate with the right fight, I think he could sell a shit ton. You've missed your windows for the dates around Mexican boxing, uh, uh, Cinco de Mayo, and then Mexican New Year, but still, it wouldn't matter. If he could come up with some kind of BC, let's call it, December surprise, That would be astronomical.
1: Yeah, this is monster in every category. For the short short term of boxing, look, it's a big hit to have your number one star not fight at all this calendar year. If they're just going to parachute in and give us a fight, and oh, by the way, Canelo's been in the gym. We've seen the videos because his stablemate Ryan Garcia is preparing for that big fight against Luke Campbell. So we've seen Canelo hit the bag. He's ready. Now, look, again, full disclaimer, Golden Boy may be able to speak on this. You know, There may be language that says, I'm sorry, you can announce that you're back, but we got many a court date that can prevent that. We'll see where that goes. But if we live in a world where this is true, Luke, just the fact, again, he's the biggest star, so that matters. He's the number one best fighter to a lot of people. That certainly matters. His style in the ring is both fun and and sort of heavy craft, so that matters. But how about this, Luke? He has a title at 160 middleweight. He's the lineal champion. He holds a secondary title at 168. He also won a belt at 175 last fall and gave it up right away after knocking out Sergei Kovalev. So when your biggest star in the sport has that flexibility to fight over a number of weight classes and potentially take on some guys at 147 or 154 who want to move up, the flexibility to make massive fights is huge. And again, in this day and age when fighters get good pay, they get good treatment. But to do that, they have to align themselves typically with a network and a promoter and and live in that silo, right? Unless you get to such a high level where you can get different people to play along like we saw with Wilder and Fury there with a two network pay-per-view deal if Canelo can kind of go the route that Miguel Cotto did to end his great career, I don't know if you remember this, Luke, he didn't have a promoter. He was one fight deal with everyone after signing that massive deal with Rock Nation and Jay-Z and then kind of just picking which network he wanted to fight with. He started to just really call his own shots. If you're telling me the future for Canelo could be, how about we do a Golovkin trilogy? How about we uh, fight a Callum Smith who's an unbeaten champion at super middleweight? How about we fight a Charlo? to unify middleweight belts how about we entertain the idea of errol spence coming up how about jaime munguia your guy how about we do a fun fight there in all mexico showdown um this is going to be fun luke this is going to be fun i just don't want to see my guy big red in a courtroom for two years you do remember andre ward's saga correct
0: yes i i don't i think this might be a way at a bare minimum i mean here's probably the good news about this Either he is a free agent and I suspect they'll come to some kind of fight pretty quickly. How good of a fight it will be, I don't know. But you know, getting Canelo back into rotation pretty quickly, that I think would happen. Or on the other side, it's what we said it was initially, which is this is a way to like shake the into action or to, you know, force them to uh give in to Canelo's wishes one way or the other, or just be more accommodating in some kind of way. If it's if it's that, either way it looks like you're going to get Canelo sooner rather than later. December? I don't know. I mean, that would probably only be true if he's a free agent. I don't know that, that DeZone is in a position otherwise. But also, I got to say this, man. DeZone, I don't know what kind of shape they're in. And I realize we work for Showtime. That makes any kind of commentary we have here somewhat biased. I, I still am a DAZN subscriber. I did not cancel my DAZN subscription. I kept it running the whole time. I never paused it, never took a month off, nothing. I, I have maintained access to the platform this whole time but I gotta tell you as a observer in the media and frankly as a consumer I just don't know what I'm I don't know what I'm paying for I, you know I get the occasional Jaime Munguia fight or you know um something that you bring to my attention uh, uh Devin Haney I think you know certainly is somebody who's been in the uh with zone. but in general it's like what am what am I paying for month over month I'm not sure I know, BC. I don't really have a good grasp on that.
1: Yeah, Akin Brock, Chris Mannix's video pod, I don't know what you're paying for. Luke Bellator, I guess you're, you know, but we can get that on CBS Sports Network. So, Luke, I don't have a good answer there. Uh but again, whether it's on the zone in December, I want to see Canelo back. We'll be following this story closely and we'll certainly update you whether we do a bonus pot if something big happens with this, but we'll be on it. Uh, let's stay back on track here, Luke, with the news at hand. We did want to address, of course, Javante uh, Davis, less than a week removed from that spectacular knockout of Leo Santa Cruz on Showtime Bay Purview. And oh, by the way, this Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern on Showtime, full replay of that fight, which was uh, your knockout of the year there, folks. Believe that. Spectacular. Uh, unfortunately, Luke, Gervonta back in the news for potentially the wrong reasons, as sources have told Baltimore police uh, that he may have been involved in a hit-and-run early Wednesday. It happened a mile away from a club in which Gervonta was at a party at. He has not been arrested. Was not no word at this point if he was driving the car or if he was even in the vehicle. Police are still investigating it. Sources, a lot of sources out there. Team Gervonta has given a no comment to TMZ when reached out. But Luke, obviously... Gervonta, we want him to get back on the straight and narrow in and out of the ring and on the scales because you saw Saturday night, full speed ahead. Gervonta, all powers pressing forward. Wonder twin powers activate. He's among the best fighters in this game with really the highest ceiling commercially. When you see this, what what is your reaction, Luke?
0: Well, listen, until there's more information available or, you know, if or I should say and or he's charged, There's not a whole lot you can say or, frankly, even should say. Obviously, if, and it is a big if, it is true, it's a terrible look, although, again, not necessarily the end of the world. But I'll just say this. It's like, listen, I've never been a celebrity. I'm never probably going to be a celebrity. I I, I don't know what it's like to be young at, at 25 and 26 and rich and famous, but here's what I do know. I've seen plenty of people in the world who have been as rich and as famous more so than him, and yes, some have succumbed to some of the pressures that lead to a bit of a wild and undisciplined life, but I've seen plenty who did it no problem. And I'll say this for the average person, because that's what I've been most of my life. It's not hard to not get in trouble. It's fairly easy, actually. You just need to do the things you are expected to do. Don't hang out with weirdos. Don't hang out with losers. Don't get behind the... the, 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 the wheel of a car if you've been drinking uh have someone if you have the money to be a you know sober driver or look over your affairs or whatever it's frankly not that hard yet when you get in trouble out in bars or clubs or behind the wheel it's because somewhere along the line you clearly acted recklessly you know it's just it's always the case it's never a case where someone drugged you then threw you into the, the you know the, the front seat of a car duct taped your hands to the wheel and then put a brick in your shoe so that you know the car would just drive off you you took actions to just not mitigate risk and if Gervonta Davis who yes probably lives a very different life than I lived when I was 25 or 26 I recognize but also what that means is he's got a lot more to lose BC all I had to lose when I was 25 or 26 was a weak supply of ramen noodles Wouldn't have been that bad if I had, you know, gone old tits up in a ditch somewhere. No one really cares. But if you're Javante Davis, you have your whole career in front of you. You have massive paydays. You have fans to gain. You just have so much. The world will be your oyster if you don't fuck up. So I don't know if he did. I don't know if he didn't. But if he did, he should be condemned. If he didn't, folks need to lay off. Either way, young men of the world, it is not hard to not get in trouble. Don't be a fuck up.
1: Yeah, and look, just for the record, uh, the, the car in question on the hit and run was a brand new Lamborghini SUV which with, with no plates, which is very similar to the one that uh, Tank Davis was filmed in driving uh, you know, shortly after the win over Leo. So we'll see what happens on that. Uh, maybe people should be more like a Mike Tyson, Luke. His old uh, mansion is not far from where I live in uh, Farmington, Connecticut there, the one that 50 Cent ended up buying from him. They got the full stripper pole and dance club in the house, Luke. You don't have to drive. You don't have to mess around. The freaks come out at night in your house house right that's that's what that's what luke will do with a couple more trips to the jre pod that, right that
0: lamborghini he bought is about if you if you bought it like uh, you know decked out or whatever fully loaded you're talking almost 300 grand
1: Wow, membership to that level of pay per view stardom has its privileges. We'll be following that story as well here, Luke. Also, hey, let's talk about uh uh Gate here for the UFC middleweight champion, Israel Adesanya. We do remember uh a lot of gyno talk at the idea of his flabby right nipple during that knockout of Paulo Costa to defend uh no Jay, we're we're gonna do the UFC thing now. Thank you. Uh yes. to defend the
0: uh Jay's that like title. Jay's like, yo, that's that's six foot four Nigerian Kiwi looks just like the five foot seven uh, dude from Charm City. Wow, Jay, and really showing your true colors there.
1: And that flabby nipple, of which uh, Adesanya didn't really have a strong excuse. A lot of you know, led a lot of people to believe potential PED use. Well, a lot of you talked with ESPN and he was asked if he was had an update on this. He said, PEC gate, no. My pituitary gland was checked. Hormone levels are fine, estrogen and testosterone. Yesterday we had an ultrasound and a mammogram. Wow, a manogram on those mammos. He said I had one for the first time, and to be honest, it might have just been unhealthy living a little bit, like smoking weed. That's what the doctor from the UFC said. He said said i need to stop but i'm not stopping i'm just going to slow down on the smoking weed end quote hey luke um i've lived this life before not the ufc championship one but the other one you you invade yourself with couches and munchies you get double gyno bro you don't get one right you know what i'm saying here you buy this
0: uh i don't know i don't know what his doctor told him you know i've never heard of i mean Certainly, I'm no medical professional, or, or am I overly familiar with the literature around this? But if you're asking me if I ever heard of weed smoking causing single breast gyno, no. I've never heard no. of that, ever. No. Uh, I don't... Listen, man, y'all know my view on this thing. Whether he did or he didn't, I don't I use something he wasn't supposed to. I don't really give a fuck. But uh, <laughs> if he's got... like, I almost want to try the marijuana. Like, wow, you've got marijuana so powerful it grows tits. Like, I'm not saying I want the tits, but wow, that's probably some great marijuana. Yeah. In
1: our day, Luke, people used to take their weed and spray it with bug spray. You know, they'd smoke that wet. He's yeah. like, I got to get the CKB stuff that he's doing there. You know what I mean? I could feel myself Buddy. up. Um, Luke, I wish he just would have said, and look, again, I mean, there's, there's, the, there's the chance that this is just a medical freak or he pulled. I wish he just would have come out and said, yeah, I pulled the muscle during camp. And the point is, like to to have that that's belief. That's better. I think it's. I'm. I almost like it better when people lie. Ed, lie in a in an educated way, where I can pick and choose if I think you're lying. But when you come on, say I smoke too much weed, it does like come on, bro. Like that. That's not. That doesn't cause
0: that. I we see. Know so that. you you want the lie to at least if they're going to lie, you want the lie to like make sense. Yeah, somewhat more plausible given what we know about the world. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it's asking, I mean, it's all a lie at the end of the day. Like I said, whether he did or he didn't, I don't give a fuck. But. I
1: I feel the same thing about boxing promoters, by the way. They're like used car salesmen most of the time. I mean, Dana too, all promoters. Most of the time they're lying, Luke. I like when they lie in an Eddie Hearn fashion where you feel good about it and you're like, "Yeah, take my t- Bro, take 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 all take it, please." Like, "Go ahead. I, I'm fine with that." Don't lie to me in such an obvious dirtbag way. Again, I don't know the situation. It's humorous at best. You and I are on that side of the fence. I can't believe you drugged me, dragged me, druggeth me to this side of the fence, Luke, where I'm just like, they're all using at the end of the day. I don't care. People think that's irresponsible. They think we have a platform where we should protect the sanctity, Luke, of drug use. Luke's like, I can't wait to get to New Jersey, brother. All right. Hey, let's roll on. Connected to this story, though, Luke, Paulo Costa is going to join Deontay and Adesanya in the excuse gate He's still talking about how he didn't really show up that night. Here's his most recent quote. I don't like to talk because it might sound as an excuse, but I had no sleep. My leg was totally impaired and I shouldn't have fought. I should have postponed it for the next weekend or more. Ah, Luke, he's still, he's still putting extra on top of that shit pile.
0: Like, let me see if I understand this right. You're telling me that the injury is so severe or whatever it was that he couldn't perform up to the standard of, What he is accustomed to, maybe through the right hand, right? That's or the right arm. It's the presumption there, but if you had just waited a week, you could have. Well, how fucking severe is it? If you can wait a week and you're good to go, and that would have made all the difference, you're not that injured. It, 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 I just don't believe that, so I'm not saying he was 100 percent. In fact I suspect he probably wasn't. I suspect there's something to be said for the fact that he probably was banged up in some kind of way that really you
1: know made no a one's difference ever. When we're you're not hundred percent if you do this in practice for a living exactly. you can't your body can't sustain this:
0: And you know Adesanya was like 103 percent you know given the growth of that right side of his body. but I'm just saying <laughs> either either way, dude, it's like if you needed a week to get right. That's not an explanation for, like, basically not showing up at all. If it had been, you know, real close BC and you could tell he was hobbling or, you know, something else, it'd be one thing. It was a blowout. It was a fucking blowout. And so I don't buy that seven days later changes it from a blowout to a win. Maybe less of a blowout or something, but not a win.
1: Here's the deal. Like, I just said, if you're going to lie to me, lie to me in an educated way so I can believe you. I can want to believe you. I feel the same way about excuses. Like, either come out and say, look, I'll take the L. I lost, but I'm going to come back stronger. Watch out who's in front of me next. That's how you really take an L. But if you're going to lie, like, I don't know. We just saw Habib with, what, the mumps and a broken foot and a broken toe? go out there and act like nothing happened and and take down this wild beast and Gaethje. We just saw Teofimo win and respond to talks about uh, Lomachenko's injured shoulder by saying, I slightly tore my MCL like two weeks before the fight. Everyone's hurt. Everyone's banged up. Kane shouldn't have taken that first JDS fight, Luke, on national television with that injured knee. He got sent to hell. Remember what he did after that, Luke? Do you remember? He came back and he beat the shit out of Junior Dos Santos twice and won his title. Okay, then he grew love handles and had a had a WWE run that we'd like to forget. But outside of that, Luke, he came back and did the manly thing. So, um, Cruz, like, you're... Paula, Cruz, Costa, sorry. Paulo Costa is so damn manly, Luke. Do you remember that picture that Jay just posted with him and the girls with the pink bikinis? Just post that all day on your in, on your Instagram and Twitter. No more excuses, bro, okay? Knock fools out, get back in the title picture. We will see you again because I do believe you're that good. Okay, That's or just make
0: up make up like some kind of excuse that sounds awesome. Being like I got blown so many times in the week before, <laughs> in the week before the fight that there I was, dra- I Dude, was look drained. Look at this
1: guy. Look at this stud, bro. Guys like this should offer zero excuses because that L against Adesanya is this big, Luke, compared to this big of probably what what he's packing. Like, I mean, come on, right?
0: I know, but shouldn't your excuse be like, "Listen, I was banging so many people's mothers that I just couldn't go on anymore, and I didn't properly save myself for fight night." I'd be a lot more like, "All right, shit, okay, rematch. Let's yeah. just run this yeah. one back." But you know, the one he's given just doesn't inspire confidence.
1: What's that around his necklace? Is that a C ring, Luke?
0: Is that the octagon? I think it's like a like
1: a. I think it's a rod ring. Oh, so it's not. The yeah the, the uh, UFC thanks,
0: sells yeah. proprietary jewelry that is very um, you know angular and um, uh, bad
1: Hey hey, I gotta give them credit even though they UFC did not give us the Fight island that they sold us have you checked out the merch? Like the sh- t-shirts and sweatshirts and hats and stuff and bear koozies, beer koozies. Uh, it's all like really good stuff. It's very colorful. It's good merch, Luke. I can't wait till it's like five ninety nine on the UFC site, and I'm gonna wear it. And I'm gonna buy it and wear it all over. Like this. Hey, Luke, how about this UFC two hundred shirt right here? That fight didn't happen at UFC two hundred, Luke. Did you go to that, UFC two right? hundred? Did I see you there? I did, and I got this yeah. UFC two hundred Conor Nate Diaz poster. That fight didn't happen either at two hundred, Luke. Okay.
0: Uh all right. You know, what's funny is uh, I remember when I UFC 200, I flew out there on a Wednesday, so Wednesday morning, and I had to take – I think I, I couldn't even take direct because Sirius XM made me take uh, Southwest Airlines. All I know is I landed local time in Vegas, I want to say 9.30ish, and I opened my phone and I turned it on, and it, the first thing I saw was – and it was, re- it was like within a minute of me turning it on john jones out due to test failure and i was like you gotta be i was in the front row for that
1: that press conference where he cried and he came out with the the handler who's that lady his i was there fixer the fixer yeah that was a wild week luke um also do you remember you and i covered not together we didn't we you know we were friendly but we, we certainly we certainly weren't hanging out in each other's hotel rooms uh the ufc new york card one of the two either 217 or 230 and John and Gustafson did a press conference at the MSG Theater. You remember that?
0: I was not there for that. I had to watch that from the SiriusXM studios. But, yes, I remember it. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, I sat next to your producer. That's what happened. I sat right. next to uh, – the what's her name? She's fantastic. Marissa. Marissa. And I, I, rose, I raised my hand, and I was like, hey, Gus – uh john's done a ton of drugs do you have any reservations taking this fight to make sure he's clean and i think the first thing i got on my phone was a text from you saying wow you had a good run covering john jones welcome to the club <laughs> john glared at me during that question oh. so
0: hard Luke, so hard yeah All right. have, you, have you had an interview with him since then
1: uh, yes, and uh, it, actually, two of them on camera and, after weigh ins, and they went very well. I was, you know, I was fun. Look, I don't think he remembers, but uh, you didn't, you're not the only one that got shut out. He he banned Brett Okamoto for a bunch of years. Yeah, and in he fact, did. Uh, Brett told me when that. He, mm-hmm. when he flew into Bristol one day, I was Brett's editor at the time, and I had to interview John because he, uh, he one of the things he said, I'll come, but I'm not talking to Okamoto, which is ridiculous because. The guy's so handsome, like Ioana said, right? I mean, it's well
0: ridiculous. they buried they buried the hatchet. I think I think that John and uh, Brett have a relationship now. I still, to this day, I really wonder what the fuck could I have possibly said for lifelong ostracism. I guarantee you, it's not that big a deal. I guarantee. He probably
1: it. forgot Dude, about it dur-
0: during on. that time. During that time, I did criticize John on occasion. It did happen, but if anything had gone on during that time, I was being lambasted by the fan base for my reflexive defense of John, it was actually kind of comical that I was the one that he got really bitter at for those reasons. I would like God, I would, li- I had forgotten about it and just, you know, who gives a shit anymore? Cause it's never going to happen. But like to this day, it's like, dude, what the fuck, what the fuck could I have possibly said that would get him this mad? Who the fuck knows? You know,
1: all right, Luke. Let's uh, move on. We got Thursday night. Th- last night, Thursday night's U Bellator 251 card that took place on the CBS Sports Network. That card from the Mohegan Sun. Yeah, it sucked. Look, people say, "Oh, you're Bellator shills." Well, you know, are we? The checks. If the checks fat enough, I will. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> look, we per- we previewed the card. The card wasn't great. We do have a couple of things to talk about. Corey Anderson made his Bellator debut, and he gave it to Melvin Manhoof two nearly two full rounds of ground and pound Luke before stopping him, taking Manhoof down with ease. He outstruck him 38-1 to in that opening round, and in that second round, when his corner told him to go for the finish, you saw some vicious elbows that cut Melvin open. The fight stopped right after that. After the fight, Corey Anderson said, I don't care who has the belt next, whether it's Nemkov, whether it's Phil Davis, if Phil gets the next fight, I need to fight the champion next. Your thoughts in general on this Bellator debut for OT?
0: Look, this is arguably a situation where a Manhoff shouldn't even be fighting, and, and and not because he wasn't winning fights more recently. He was just because of the amount of damage he's taken in his MMA and kickboxing careers over the years. And so, you know, I wasn't exactly enamored with the matchmaking, and, you know, it was also at 205. It's like, you know, Melvin is his best at 185. But, okay, neither here nor there. So let's just sort of posit that Corey Anderson was taking on overmatched opposition. It's a hard thing to look good when you're expected to just blow somebody out. But I'll say this. I thought Corey looked awesome. You know, he was expected to look awesome, but he met all those expectations. He dictated where the fight took place. He almost dictated when the fight took place. Like He had Manhoff so defensive, reacting to not merely his pressure from his takedowns, but his fakes and his feints and everything else in between. He really had this guy, not shook per se, I don't think he was afraid, but... Uh, constantly worried about what anderson was going to do and could never get out of first gear and then he was able to look good on the feet as long as he needed to he found the takedown when he wanted to he passed um phenomenal ground and pound in both rounds from different kinds of spaces in different kinds of ways this was a one-sided ass kicking and not only that cory looked calm the whole time he didn't look like he was rushing into anything i mean You might say, well, if it was a blowout, why couldn't he finish him in the first round? It's like, well, you know, BC, you know this as well as I do. A smart veteran fighter will get the finish if there really is that much of a differential. But they'll take their time. They're not going to rush anything. Okay, Jorge Masvidal, Ben Askren notwithstanding. In general, you know, they're going to patiently execute. And if there's a difference, it's going to show up pretty quickly. That's exactly what you saw. So to me, Corey Anderson had to do a lot to just kind of break even, so to speak but he did all of that and then some. He really has come into his own. He's a smart, patient, talented, well-rounded fighter. And I think BC and I would love to know where you're at on this. I don't think it makes sense for him to fight Phil Davis next. I understand the argument that hey, you should fight someone else before getting Vadim Nemkov. No, he but was ne- saying
1: if Davis beats Nemkov, if Davis gets the next shot and beats Wait, but Nemkov. This
0: is, but this is my thing. Nemkov already beat Phil Davis. He already it already true, happened. True. I don't think Davis has done enough to warrant another title shot. I think Corey's the hot, exciting new challenger. My thought is, give Davis the winner of Anderson and Nemkov.
1: Yeah, I'm with that. And Davis is fresh off the win over Machida to get back in the win column. Um, look, Anderson, he talked a lot of stuff that can be... You can think of it as, like, cliche fighter talk, but I think for him it was it was real. He basically said, you know, all that stuff. I don't want to be a trash talker anymore. I don't want to be even a stand-up fighter. I don't want to be the... The person or the fighter that UFC was trying to make me, I just want to be myself and play to my strengths. Luke, if he keeps doing that, he, he's probably going to end up being the the Bellator light heavyweight champion. I Maybe not probably. I mean, here, here's the conversation right here. The fact that him against Nemkov is a badass fight. I really want to see that. I think Bellator has a fantastic matchup on its hands if they do make that next. And the good news again for Corey Anderson is I want to see him pretty much against all those top light heavyweights. I'm not going to play this game with you. Is Bellator's light heavyweight division you know stronger or better than UFC's? But I will say, if he ends up fighting Phil Davis or Machida or, uh, you know, Musashi potentially and, and Nemco, like, I want to see all these matchups, and this is great. Corey Anderson looks right now ready to be a Bellator light heavyweight champion. And, look, I'm happy for him if he's getting paid uh, in a comfortable manner, which he always felt he deserved. So big win there, expected Nothing else you can say about it. Uh, Luke, did you see this interesting Derrick Anderson-Kelis Moda fight, which was kind of interesting coming in on paper? And then Kelis Moda, the Brazilian who was making his uh, second Bellator appearance, was kicking uh, Derek Anderson's ass all over the place in this welterweight bout, taking him down, nearly submitting him. And when D- Derrick Anderson began to turn it around, it was a kick to the side of the cheek on Moda as Moda was popping up off the ground, he had one fist down and his knee, which was down, was coming up off the canvas. So in the moment referee Mike Beltron ruled it an illegal strike, Doctor came in, but they went to the instant replay and rightfully so Luke, from the stance that they got it right, the kick was legal. But tell me where i'm what I'm missing here on the rules. They still stopped the fight, they gave Derek Anderson a TKO win. It didn't look like Mota was dead. I mean, it was, a, it was a nice kick. I didn't think he killed him. Why in MMA, where we already are willing to stop a fight for five full minutes on any kind of foul and give that person that got hit the full time to recover, why are we not stopping the fight, having a replay official ready, getting the verdict, and then going, nope, it was clean, fight on? How the hell does Derek Anderson get a win here?
0: Because Mota couldn't continue. He was given the option. To, if it's a legal strike, you're given the option to. If it's DQ, if it's an illegal strike, I could be wrong about this, but I know that he had the opportunity to continue, and declined, and so that was that. Uh, but I think also, if you stop the fight, can you just, you know what? I'm not sure. I'm making shit up. I, think, I don't want to speak out I of turn. I think the
1: rule is that if you go to the replay, the fight cannot be restarted. That's I think right. That's the rule.
0: That's 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 exactly right. So. Once they did that, it was over. But I thought that uh, fuck. I don't know, dude. I'm actually going to speak out of turn. I don't want to okay, speak out look, of turn. Here, here's what I'll say on this: the one comment. Look at the I strike,
1: have... though. Did you see the strike, Luke? I'm not yes. look. So I'm he not basically the one what happened was the... he had two knees crazy. down.
0: He had two knees down and a hand. And what he ended up doing was, if you look closely, there's a moment where he balances on one foot and one hand, and the other knee comes up. So he just has a foot and a hand down and no knee. For a split second, and the, pu- the excuse me, the kick lands right in that space. It's a little bit hard to tell from the uh, highlight there, but you can. Without knowing the rules properly, and before I say something, I I don't know the answer to. The only thing I had is I saw people being like, well, why aren't kicks legal? If you know, what's the functional difference between this and actually having you know a knee and a, a hand or both knees down? It really would be the same in the end, and I can't argue with that, BC. But here's what I would say. Uh. If you put enough restrictions on a rule, there are going to be situations where uh, like this happens. And you say to yourself, how meaningful is this if we can allow something that looks just like what it would be, we would normally be allowing for in a different circumstance? The, 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 the answer is, if you make it illegal, you might find situations that are able to thread a very tiny uh, uh, needle. Um, they're able to get through a very tiny window of cases, but it will limit the overall amount of ones that could cause more reckless damage. I'm not saying I'm not for changing some of the rules of combat, but just because this one situation looks like it would have looked had he had both knees down, doesn't change the fact that still limiting the scope overall limits the amount of damage if that's something you're trying to aim for.
1: I just don't... So here's how it happened. Beltran asked... Uh, Moda, if he can continue, you saw that in the video when Moda said no, they waved it off the fights over, then Beltran says we have the option to replay, let's go to it so he's following protocol, and Luke, if the protocol is that the fight can't be restarted, well then that's my issue, because you saw the video, look, I'm not the one getting kicked in the face, I'm not saying it didn't hurt, I'm not saying it didn't wobble him, but it didn't look like a fight ending blow I would rather than say to Moda in that moment, can you continue, because what are his options, continue and wait five minutes and be damaged, or say no and have a chance at a cheap win, I'd rather not that be in play. I'd rather say, let's go to the video now, and then, dude, if you can't continue, you lose. That's it. The way that it's set up now instead, I I think that it's... I don't think it works for anybody, because I don't think Derek Anderson deserved to have won this fight, Luke. At best, the way the rules are set up, I think it should have been a no contest.
0: But Yeah, Uh, and, and by the way, to your point, for folks who didn't see the fight... Anderson was losing in every phase of that of that fight. He
1: like it was did shocking. have a nice,
0: yeah, he did have a nice takedown there towards the end, which he carried Mota to his own corner so he could hear their instructions. But even then, you know, this guy Achilles Mota was—he looked great. I'm actually encouraged to see more from him. But uh, the rules being what they are, you know, it ended the way it did.
1: Let's change the damn rules, first of all, and let's get them unified across all mixed martial arts in, in this country. It doesn't matter what promotion. It doesn't matter what state. Why is this so hard? Let's unify the damn rules, and let's set it up, Luke. If you're going to use instant replay, then use it the right freaking way. It doesn't have to take 20 minutes. You got a referee on the side with a TV that makes his decision, signals the referee, and we either stop or we keep going. I, I mean, come on. It, it Does it seem that hard? Are it's we going to talk, ridiculous. though, about
0: the real winner of the night, Austin Vanderford?
1: Yeah, he stayed unbeaten at middleweight, took on late replacement Dude, Vinicius DeJesus. So here's the deal, Luke. He kicked De Jesus' ass. He took him down at will. Those are not highlights from last night. And he, uh, great jab, and ground and pound was there. But Luke, I'm not trying to take anything away from him, given that he has the worst tattoo of all time on his throat. Um, did you see a guy who who ever looked like he was close to a finish? I I, I felt like I needed the finish to put that that statement on that win.
0: You know what? I I thought about that too. I was like, for as much ass as he's kicking here, why aren't we closer to a finish? I had the exact same thought you did. Here's what I'll say. If you guys didn't see this, I mean, Paige Van Zandt is his wife. She's obviously the much more famous of the two, but he's the much better fighter in every way. He is significantly more talented than she is. He looked good. Like He is turning into a legitimate, real, talented fighter. It's very impressive to see... How far he's come. Now, i still got a long way to go, and to your point, what about the finishing? I have a feeling, BC, and I certainly have no proof. This is just a theory, a hypothesis, a hunch, whatever you want to call it. He had been off for a while, and he was looking to get back to action. I wonder if he dragged it out a little bit and didn't really, like, super hunt the finish in an effort to get the most amount of time in the cage that he needed, especially since he was basically safe no matter what he did. To just make sure he didn't have too much ring rust for the next time out, you know, if you go in there and you blow the guy's doors off in two minutes, it's not a lot of time spent in there getting back the you know the feeling of a fight under your feet. Well, he got it all back here. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe I'm being too kind. Maybe he has bad finishing instincts. But either way, he dominated the shit out of this fight.
1: Yeah, here's the replays right here of the victory over. Uh, he does Look have at him. finishing bah. instincts both in the marriage bed and the tattoo chair. But if you can bring that to the cage as well, Luke, uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, by the way, a lot of rumors about Paige Van Zandt's BKFC debut that it could come Super Bowl weekend. We'll see where that goes. I know you love yourself. Some yeah,
0: I mean, it's hard to imagine caring less, but okay.
1: All right, <laughs> let's get off of Bellator. Luke, I want to bring back in the Canelo thing real quick because we have a major update here. Uh, ESPN Deporte's Salvador Rodriguez is reporting through sources that Canelo Alvarez has been released from both his Golden Boy promotions deal and his DAZN contract. What? Luke, if this is true, this is massive. And what this would be... Dude, are
0: you sure... Wait, 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 wait. Read it one more time. He is both free from DAZN and Golden Boy? And Golden Boy. So that
1: would tell you, if true, Luke, that they must have felt this is a legal battle that either they can't win or they don't want to go down that road and they just want to end it here um that's massive and there's another there's another caveat here a source told rodriguez who by the way is a very credible reporter that alvarez and his team are targeting a december 19th return at super middleweight get this luke against ibf champion caleb plant whoa buddy whoa
0: so who would have rights to that pbc
1: uh, well caleb plant is a pbc fighter if Canelo is a true network and promotional free agent, there's a great chance that would be on either Fox pay-per-view or Showtime pay-per-view given the PBC contracts plant has fought most recently on Fox and Fox pay-per-view. Um, Luke, that is a massive fight. And I, by That's the way, stunner, I've gone on record before saying, I think Caleb Plant has the skills where he could be a major problem for Canelo, given that he can box and has defense and real hand speed, Luke. This would be very interesting if this is true. And that's a huge fight that could be parachuted into our laps. Look, it's a, it's a, it's a story that's still developing as we speak, but that is the ESPN report at the
0: moment. So, wow, Luke. Wow, wow. man. That is, boy, you want to talk about a Friday news dump, B.C., Yeah. Uh, So where do you think he ends up? You think he ends up with Fox or, you know, and again, we're by, by the way, I'm biased. I don't think he ends up with anybody, Luke. I think that's the model. Okay, for one one fight deal. Here's what I'm saying. The the plant fight. One fight deal. I'm biased. I would fucking love for him to end up on Showtime because that would mean we we either get to cover the fights or like for the last fight, BC, we don't get invited to the actual host city, but we go back to Jersey City. (laughs) Where where we can do (laughs) room service diaries again.
1: With a legal, with a new legal substance, Luke. Uh, I will say that uh, Canelo does, obviously does have that that history with Showtime pay per view. He fought Arislandi uh, Lara, Alfredo Angulo, uh, Floyd Mayweather. So uh, it would be interesting either way, Luke. If this is the fight, by the way, that's a hell of a fight. I mean, that is fantastic. So we'll see where that goes. Real quick, Luke. Saturday on to speaking of the zone, they do have a fight card on Saturday. It is a fight you do need to see. WBC lightweight champion. Hey, isn't. Teofima Lopez, the undisputed? <laughs> yeah, we've been through that before. Devin Haney technically is your WBC regular lightweight champion. He's going to defend it against Yuri Orkis Gamboa. Interesting test here. Now, look, Gamboa's older and on the other side, but he did give, despite an Achilles injury, Gervonta Davis problems, problems, not necessarily winning that fight, but surviving going into the 12th round before getting stopped. Gamboa, the former Cuban uh, amateur star, certainly still has speed. Luke uh, got a couple other things in his factor, despite the fact that he's you know not in his prime anymore. This is an interesting test for Devin Haney who showed us flashes of brilliance, but really doesn't have that signature win yet. And really, if we're being honest, didn't really earn or deserve the championship status yet but we got to see where he's at because we're talking about Teo. We're talking about Gervonta. Ryan Garcia's got a big fight. Shakur Stevenson's trying to get a big one. We're talking about those five stars who have next in the future who are 26, 25, and under. Devin Haney's got a nice close-up here.
0: Can we, can we just talk about how bad that DAZN deal was with Golden Boy and, and Canelo? Yeah. Like, Dude, they were talking about you know the richest contract in sports history, bigger than Bryce Harper's deal, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, the whole thing was premised on... I know you're asking about Devin Haney. He should beat the fuck out of Yuri Orkis Gamboa. I think we both know that, and he probably will. I just can't get over this Canelo thing, dude, because well, let me say one more thing about this. And what we'll do is, for uh, Mikey, who's watching our producer, chop up all the different pieces of this and put together a reaction. <laughs> because uh, I'll say this. Dude, the whole idea of DAZN generally, but really that driving force. Remember Canelo was doing the ads with Bruce Buffett? Uh, uh, yeah, was it? No. Bruce, his brother, um, uh, the other Buffer, Michael Buffer, he was doing those ads where they were talking about this is the this is the end of pay per view. This is it. It's over. By the way, what the fuck does this mean for Golden Boy now that their biggest attraction is gone from the stables? Like this is a sh- this is shattering news, man. And, really, and by really, the important. way, Luke,
1: their second biggest attraction, Ryan Garcia, is both trained and co-managed by Canelo's trainer. He's in the Canelo camp. And when Ryan Garcia had problems with Golden Boy a year ago, Canelo was retweeting Ryan Garcia's angry tweets. So I'm saying overall, this is bad news for DAZN. It's probably even worse. Not probably, Luke. This is massively bad for Golden Boy promotions. This is really, really bad, Luke. We need to really spell hey, that me, out. Let
0: me ask you. Uh, you, know, you know better than I do. Is it ruinous?
1: It's certainly not ruinous because if you can retain Ryan Garcia, they also have a very very good looking player there in that uh that rising unbeaten Welterweight. What the, what the heck's the guy's name? Uh, Virgil Ortiz Jr. who who Luke, I'm telling you within a year is going to be in that in that group, right? That we now have with like Spence, Crawford, Porter. He looks like the goods, but there were court filings that came out where Canelo was Something like hundred and twenty percent of of Golden Boy's revenue in one calendar year a couple years back. So, I mean, they eat because of Canelo, right? Because he fights right. on paper. For folks who may
0: understand, for, right? To correct me if I'm wrong, BC. It's not just that Canelo brings in money, right? It's that they use Canelo to set up all kinds of deals for other fights. Yes. He's not even involved with like a content deal because he's sort of this leveraging chip. You lose him, you lose not only the money he generates for his fights, you lose the leverage that you get to make the content for the other ones.
1: And by the way, that's part of the the, the vibe between Canelo and Golden Boy. Golden Boy, because of Canelo signing his individual deal with the Zone, was able to, to sign a huge deal for Golden Boy promotions in general, of which Canelo feels he should have gotten uh, a certain amount of money from because... You don't get that deal without him. So there's been a lot of uh, back and forth there. But Luke, I, I'm not going to say it's ruinous, but this this removes them as a major player. This is bad news. And obviously, if you're Dizone, you you I mean you built, that oligarch in Ukraine emptied his vault. And look, it may, it may be fu money to him because he's got much bigger global fish to fry. Dizone just made a big global announcement last week. But Luke, you spent all that money. 35 million per fight to get Canelo in and then spend a hundred million on bringing in triple G. And again, you never made the one fight that you built your platform around. I, I don't, again, you know, I don't want the zone to go away. I just want them to, to make the kind of fights that makes it all worth it. And this is a, this is a damaging blow. Look, very damaging,
0: man. We're going to be talking about this one for a while. I'm sorry to cut you off. Devin Haney's fine. He's going to beat the fuck out of Yuri Yokos right now. I just can't, I'm just, I'm blown away. I'm blown away by that whole thing. That's, Man, it's like it, like nothing happens for weeks, and then everything happens all at once. It's crazy, yeah. isn't it?
1: Yeah, you're more blown away than. Uh, no, I'll, I'll leave that gross joke. No, away. I'm right, more Luke, blown I'll-
0: away than Bohachinia should have been. Yes. Before his Thank fight you. without a son. Thank yeah. you. Very, yeah. it
1: was, I was going somewhere Lewinsky, and I didn't have the hook on it. All right, Luke. Uh, we know Mike Tyson, Roy Jones going to fight later this month in November, Thanksgiving weekend. By the way, uh, I was on
0: Rogan's podcast about that. Are they fighting for like, the Black Lives Matter uh, belt? Yeah, it's,
1: it's the WBC frontline belt. People need to realize this is shameless and ridiculous, but it's not a real title. WBC does this anytime. They don't have a real title in a fight. If Canelo's fighting and they and he's not the WBC champion at the moment, they'll come out and create the WBC Mayan belt that has $2 million of rubies on it, Luke. It's worthless, bro, okay? Most of these titles are worthless anyway. This is actually worthless, okay? Shout out to putting Black Lives Matter on a belt. I'm all for it, but it's worthless, Luke, okay? Um, so Mike Tyson is open, by the way, now to, to fighting on past Roy Jones if things go well. And one of those things he's open for is an Evander Holyfield trilogy. Now, Holyfield is also uh, in his early 50s, but has stayed healthy, and he's back in the gym attempting a similar style comeback. Here's a quote from Tyson. That's always something that we can do if the people want it. If it's pragmatic enough, I'd love to do it. Uh, Luke, this feels very cart before the horse, because if this Tyson-Jones fight, and by the way, they are competing against... The California State Commission, which is still going on record and saying if they try to knock each other out, we're going to step in. I don't know how, you know, Roy Jones is saying in every interview, I'm, I'm willing to die in there. Tyson just came out and said, I'm, I'm, basically, I'm, I'm willing to execute him. Um, if this fight, there's, there's a lot of ways this fight can be fun. Let's not forget, Kimbo Slice against Ken Shamrock under the Bellator banner was sloppy as balls, but it was kind of fun at the same time. This may end up being fun. Luke, this may also be an absolute embarrassing train wreck on the level of that Mike Tyson World Tour sparring pay-per-view from 2005. You remember that? Where he fought that fat guy, Corey Sanders, in a t-shirt, and they wore headgear, and he knocked him down, and it was just like, what are we doing here? So yeah, sure, Mike, you can have a trilogy with Holyfield, you know? Okay. You remember
0: that? You ever Wait. seen that Onion article? It was like fat kid at pool with shirt on confuses everyone about his weight. <laughs> um, so uh, look, I, I, I don't care about this Evander Holyfield shit. Like, I you know, look, I can't sit here and lie to you and say that I wouldn't I don't, or I'm not going to watch this uh, Jones Jr. and Tyson fight. Partly because I kind of have to be kept abreast of it. I don't know if I'll buy it or what. You know, I'm just catch the, the the stuff on social media later. But, yes, I will pay attention to it in some capacity. Listen, I'll make a deal with everybody. If that fight ends up looking like what its truest believers say it will look like, where, you know, they look a little bit older, but, hey, they got a little bit of life left in them, I will reserve all of the – I will take back all the criticisms, and I will say, you know what, maybe this is something we could, on a limited, very careful basis, this might be something we could actually do.
1: Three, four rounds. Okay, yeah, gloves, right. right. But I'm
0: telling you, if it looks like I what I think it's going to look like, I'm going to kill it. I'm gonna I'm going to verbally assault it, and I'm going to verbally assault everyone who said it was going to be anything other than that. Or you can do what BC's doing and say, I think it's probably going to be that, and I just don't care. That's the difference.
1: I mean, look, they they they're, they're big enough stars. We love both of them. We're going to care. And oh, by the way, if you're not woke to this. It's already doing monster traffic on every website. We have these talks at CBS Sports. How can we get more Tyson? Because Jones come because people care. Anyone you talk to that used to watch it, they care, obviously. Um, I, I wish they can figure it out. Figure out the best way for these guys to come out there who still have a little bit of gas left without, you know, you don't need eight rounds. We don't need 10 rounds. Whatever. We'll see what happens. Uh, look quickly, let's get into Dead Wrong. It's our segment we do every Friday. Where we look back on the week that was in the morning combat universe, and we find out what the hell we got wrong. I want to start off with real quick. Uh, what? There it is.
0: Yes, dead wrong. This might Jay's be news. everyone's favorite segment that we do, like outside of typical fight talk. Other than have you seen this shit? People love dead wrong.
1: In uh, in in Jay's Jay's career has uh, Jay's music career is dead <laughs> wrong. Um, it's, just dead. it's just dead. It's just dead. I'm trying to find quickly. I have a, a last-minute addition. We always tell somebody subscribe to uh, Showtime for 30 days, and you can go on the app, and you can check out that great show that we did, Luke, Strike Force Morning Combat Classics. Somebody hit me up, and I want to shout out this guy. I can't find his name. You actually can't find it at the moment, Luke, and we are internally looking into Showtime to find out what the hell happened to our show on the app, Luke. Uh, hopefully it didn't get cut. Hopefully we're not cut, Luke. <laughs> but, I'm gonna, uh, I want to as- see if
0: that's true because I have the Showtime app. Let me see.
1: As of right now, I checked this morning. I am dead wrong. You cannot find this show on the Showtime app, but I'm looking into getting it added on just like I'm looking in for all you international fans out there. Right. The kind who actually can pound sand outside your front door to get you the shipping you deserve for your MK merch. Uh, hopefully I mean it's 2020. You think we could have this fixed in one day, but hopefully we'll get that Luke. All right. Hey, let's right. start off with the actual dead wrong. All right. You ready? Okay. On Wednesday's show, Luke, during SJW Social Justice Wednesday, me BC said that Aljamain Sterling's gross quote was "I'm going to come on you, um, uh, Piotre <laughs> Jan." He actually said, "I'm." Are we really at this point, Luke? This is really how we're populating a segment. All right. So his actual quote he was, Luke, uh,
0: where, "Now, now, where did Aljamain Sterling say he was going to ejaculate?" This is. Uh, <laughs> let's parse these details. <laughs>
1: it was the press conference after beating San Hagen or no, it was the interview afterwards. And he said, quote, I'm coming on that ass, not on you, but on on that ass. Apparently.
0: Are you sure he didn't say I'm coming for that ass?
1: No, he said on, uh, that's why that soundbite became so fun. Luke. Okay. Very fun. All right. So I just wanted to keep you abreast of that situation. I was wrong. Luke, uh, just, but like Adesanya, just one breast. Okay. Thank you. All right, Luke. Um, you were dead wrong on Joe Rogan. You ready for this, Luke? Well, when talking okay, when about wrong? when talking about Jan Blahowitz' first fighting at one eighty five before moving up to two hundred five, did I? You say were that? dead wrong. Jan Blahowitz has always been a two hundred five. I don't think I ever said UFC. that, did I? So take that out, Luke. Take it, bro.
0: I don't. Re- I've All never right? ever thought of him as a light heavyweight. If I said or a middleweight, if I said that, I didn't mean to because I, I don't I couldn't name a one eighty five fight if I tried.
1: All right. Well, um, you also, this is not on our list, but you you characterized Jaime Munguia as maybe the biggest puncher in boxing.
0: No, nope, nope, nope. Listen to the clip again. It's not what I said. I said the biggest puncher in boxing when measured by weight. That's exactly what I said. So for right. his well, weight. Look,
1: I, I'm not here to hate on Jaime Munguia. He's got some fun knockouts. He's just not considered among that core group of like the wilder Gervantes, Nayua Nuez, Arthur Better but he's a fun ass fighter. He's not writer. since when? He's more of a, um, a, more of a volume action guy.
0: Wait, who's the? Who's there? I saw someone say something to you. Who's yeah, that there? was my
1: son. That was my oh, son. Okay. I, you know, I got a hard out. To him. We got a big business going on in the Campbell All right, house. I know. I know go. you got a hard out.
0: Uh, I, I, okay. I mean, you know more than boxing than I do. But that, my understanding from everyone who's ever watched. Is that he's one of the, the sports' leading power punchers, and of course, no fucking idiot on earth would say he's up there with Wilder for crying out loud. Okay. All listen right. to well, the, I mean, listen, in, in your favor to by the, the quote, way, the, the footage listen,
1: of him splitting Toriano Johnson's mouth yeah. and making it look like a vajon It was fantastic. Okay. Just though.
0: listen to what I said. It was, but it was okay. when measured by weight, and for his right. weight, I'm pretty sure he's up there. So, okay,
1: Luke, I don't want to fight you. This is a segment that creates, uh, you know, not amnesty between us, Luke.
0: All right, what, All did, right. I, what did I get wrong this time?
1: Uh, Luke was not the first, but the second voice on the Green Rush trailer. Green Rush is the Uriah Faber produced and financed uh, weed thriller that uh, Touchy Feely uh, stars in. And by the way, again, watch this movie if you can stream it. The first five or ten minutes makes it feel like a uh, cable access production, but it becomes a pretty damn good thriller action movie, and it's about weed. So, uh, Luke, you were the second voice. On the Green okay. Rush trailer. All right, conference.
0: I'll take that, L. I'll. I'll take that, L. That's fair. I, right, I, I thought right. I was Look, the first, but, you know, I was pretty close. Our producers are splitting hairs here. We got one more photo. I mean, we're talking about where Aljamain Sterling jizzes at this point. I mean, you know, <laughs> you got <laughs> it's my not heck, that terrible. My back,
1: yeah, put it on my tramp stamp. Yeah, whatever you got. Uh, one more. I think we have a photo to illustrate our final dead wrong of the week. Uh, what is it? I don't understand what this is, Jay. Can you come in and speak it please?
0: All the wrong Jay. things?
1: I don't have this in my notes, Jay. Can you can you uh save the show please? Thank you, Jay. It's a live show here, Jason. I don't know if you you're there's our there's a Vander Oh here we go. Okay. Oh yes, this was uh no wonder why Jay was slow to put this out there, Luke. This was on um <laughs> Last week's show, remember we tried to play the audio of the Zach, uh, Zach Gelf show or whatever that guy's yeah, name was, the radio yeah, guy? Yeah. And not only did the audio not play, thank you, thank you, Team Show Malka, but uh, they put you twice there in the windows, Luke. So, yeah, you're, you're dead wrong. You uh, know what? MK, I didn't do this.
0: That you know what, me. BC? I like highlighting the, uh, not just my failures or occasional your failures, but the production failures light a little fire under their ass, BC. Well, they,
1: they also... Uh, they failed to play the audio on uh, on Wednesday's show of Corey Anderson as well, Luke. And not only that, you had a hot mic on the podcast version when you were like, you know, my brother actually uh, congratulated me on the Joe Rogan show, and and I, yeah. So
0: everyone's, and everyone's uh, doesn't care. doesn't care. It's great.
1: I think you plotted a, pl- a plan to uh, take down a president or something after that, but that's all good. Uh, that re- Jay, we're done with that, right?
0: Yeah, we're done, and uh, none of that was me. Just- Jay, again,
1: again, Jay doing the uh sorry Miss Jackson here. Yes, yeah, so, okay. no, Jay
0: doing the old Trump. It's uh, I'm only the lead producer on this show and I run it from uh my Wizard of Oz studio, but it's everyone else's fault, right, Jay? Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. name
1: names here. I'm just saying wasn't look, me. Look, Jay it's not Jay's fault that no escape didn't make it, Luke. It's it's the fault Ron of Ron Johnson. Uh, it's Ron Johnson. it's clearly Ron Johnson, all right. All right. One day we will He was get the it. guy. He what? was the Lou Pearlman. Yeah. I mean whose yeah. fault is it? Just all right, Luke we're... tip to tip time. This is Jay, sorry to cut you off here. I've got a tight schedule. Tight schedule. Tip to tip, please play the animation. All right, Luke. This is where we, uh, we, we give one back to the fans, right, just for a second, just to see how it feels and, and some advice. And uh, Luke, here's what I'm going to say. Um, do you know what's one of the greatest shows of all time? Have you ever watched the British-produced one-hour documentary called Classic Albums, Luke? began in the late 90s. They made them all the way through, like, 2010. There's 45 episodes in all. I used to buy them in the early 2000s on DVD. You can now catch all 45 episodes on Amazon Prime. Uh, Look, if you're an absolute nerd like I am on classic albums, how they were recorded, this documentary series is so badass. Uh, The Who's Who's Next is a great episode. Jimi Hendrix's Hendrix's Electric Ladyland. Plenty of classic rock ones. They even go as far as Metallica and Jay-Z for episodes. And what they do, Luke, is they bring in the original producer and engineer. They bring in the the session players and background singers. They give you the story, how each song was written. They play you some of the original mixes, and then they recreate and play them again. And it is so nerd, but awesome on some very fantastic albums throughout history. Even like Elton John's Goodbye the Yellow Road episode is fantastic. Uh, If you're into that nerd stuff, there's plenty of them on on Amazon Prime, which also has a crap ton of music documentaries beyond that. So that's my tip of the week. If you get down like I do on uh, all things art and vinyl and uh, midlife crises, thank you.
0: Well, unfortunately for today's tip to tip, I don't have any any tip for you, except I just wanted to take an opportunity because I said this on my live chat, but I want to say it on on a formal uh, uh, morning combat program. Man, uh, because, and I will bury it here because there's no no reason to bring it up past this, but because of the appearance I had on, on Rogan's podcast this week, everyone and their brother has reached out to me and been unbelievably nice, including, and I should say, especially... Our MK viewers here. There was a lot of people who watch MK, and you could tell because they'd make a reference here about something you said, BC or us or whatever. About there was people in the comments being like uh, under Rogan's video, being like, "Wow, Jay didn't fuck this up from a production standpoint." Like there was real <laughs> hardcore, died-in-the-wool MK fans who've been nothing but friendly uh, about the whole thing. If you've written me a note or, or or a DM'd me and I haven't had a chance to get back to you, please forgive me. So I just want to say on this tip-to-tip tip segment, uh, thank you to all the MK fans. Thanks to everybody, but in particular, thank you to the MK fans who watched, who shared it, who support this project, even when I don't give a proper shout-out to my co-host and the program more generally. You guys still showed up, and you have and supported uh, everything that we've done here. I noticed it, so I want to take a moment on the show to say big-time thanks to all of you guys. You're the best, and trust me, it goes noticed, and we appreciate it very much.
1: Fantastic, Luke. And that was by the way, just to double down. Big moment, Luke. Big moment, okay? Cool, you've had cool. a lot of you've come the long way. Not on, not on Peter Jan. You've come the long way, Luke, to get here. And I'm going to be honest, you have um you in the last year and this Rogan thing is the the cherry on top. You may have of lapped your competition. You may have passed your your rivals in this game luke okay it's not doesn't mean you'll stay there forever we're all in this game we're all fighting together i i certainly by the way in light of the espn layoffs in the last 48 hours really um am thankful for what we have and, and wish the best obviously to all my uh, former colleagues out there it's it's not an easy business so you got to savor the flavor when things are, are flying high and right now luke congratulations sir okay
0: things are going great yeah. for all of us here and uh, if i go on again next time if there is a next time i promise bc i'll be better about um saying your name I don't, and I'll call you a big, I'll call you a need beige your Brian PD. Campbell. You
1: think I need your clicks? Come on, bro. All right. Uh, I got a jet out early here. I want to give a quick shout out to the kids wish network. Uh, one of my twin sons is yeah. 12 years old. I Isaac, my man, he was, uh, born, uh, four and a half months premature. He weighed two pounds. He's battled severe brain bleeds, cerebral palsy, yet he's an amazing kid who runs five K's is on his cross country team is a star in adaptive sports. And he got entered into the kids wish network, uh, and his wish is being fulfilled right now. As soon as we turn this off, he's going to get a Zoom call with his hero, uh, U- Olympic champion Usain Bolt from Jamaica. Wow. So, uh, we're very excited. Yeah. There's a family. There's a film crew here right now about to hit this hard. So um, uh, I'm, I'm a proud dad. So that, that's that. And that's shouts the show to for Isaac. The shouts
0: to both of your boys, but shouts to Isaac.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Shout out to Buela as well. If she's back from South America, Luke, shout out to her. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'll let her know thank you very much
1: uh thank you to jay and the entire showtime malka crew and cbs sports for uh for for paying the money for luke to come join this full time okay we love giving it to you enjoy the fights this weekend we're constantly uh setting up interviews bonus content uh wwe hall of famer luke kevin nash gonna be on this show next week you're not gonna want to miss
0: that brother okay isn't he a big time lefty on twitter big
1: time in fact he was i I did the interview last night full disclosure and he was watching the the election update and giving updates on the interview it's it's yeah he's a
0: big time bc i don't have a favorite pro wrestler but if i did it'd be a tie between batista and uh kevin nash
1: and big sex yeah the, the damn beer koozie right here it's my guy right he's over my shoulder right here so shout out to that i gotta run for everyone uh follow us on the socials can we drop that in real fast Thank you, Jason. Uh, That's our situation. It's morningcombat at gmail.com for fan submissions, ideas, questions, all that great stuff. Uh, We have a documentary in the works on our return to the Jersey swamps that you are not going to friggin' want to miss. That's it for everyone else. Uh, May all your uh, ex-lovers be happy these days without you and your hoes and your gains. Loyal. MK, we out.